Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the EFL Fantasy Podcast. My name is Angus. My name is Dan. And Jamie's decided he's too busy and important to be on the pod tonight, so it's just the two of us. Um, so yeah, we are here to sort of review, well, do the post sort of game week 11 pod, obviously. Um, you know, we're still doing the new format, but we will sort of cover obviously some of the key topics from this game week. Um, but first things first, how are you, Dan? Yeah, not bad. Uh, played high advantage this week. We'll get into it in a minute. Pretty decent game week in most fantasy games. Um, yeah, Luton lost, which is a bit of a downer. So, yeah, it was better last year, weren't it, when Luton <laughs> were winning every week? Yeah, exactly that. Um yeah, obviously, uh, slightly different for me, at least in the live football context we're recording on Sunday night. I'm not long back from uh, watching Arsenal beat Man City, uh, which is obviously a big positive. But I have also had a good fantasy week. And uh, I'm not sort of saying to some of these people with low scores that maybe you should have been nicer to me. But look at, uh, you know, your scores and how horrible you were to me and just reflect on whether that that might be related. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in terms of the scores this week, um, I'll, I'll sort of go first so that I can then get to the pod team. Um, so I aborted my plan uh, to play home advantage. Um, as people know, I am not the biggest fan of Home Advantage, which uh, it took actually coming to playing it to realise that I wasn't, to remember that I wasn't actually that big a fan of it. Um, but it was also that I decided particularly, you know, I'm not sort of getting reckless with it, but at my rank, uh, one of the higher sort of upside plays of something like Midfield Dynamos was probably a better play for me than the additional sort of like, I guess, security of um, of Home Advantage. Um, so I ended up rolling a transfer as well. So I've got two for after the break, which I'm quite happy about as well. Um, but I got 73 points this week. Uh, still managed to select the wrong goalkeeper. Uh, <laughs> I had uh, Fadki for one. Um, O'Leary got three. Um, but I had Drame for 10. Uh, Ailing got on right at the end of the Leeds game for one. Uh, Davis for eight. Somerville for 10. Smodix, who I would have benched if I had played home advantage. Uh, started him, he got me 13. Dewsbury Hall Vice uh, only got me 4. Uh, Jack Clark 1. Rutter 5. Adam Armstrong Captain for 10. And Broadhead for 10. And in terms of uh, bench points, um, Dembele 2, Hume 2, and Giannoulis 1. So a uh, big change around for me this week. <laughs> um, but that was another green arrow. I'm up to 736th now. Um, so the the greatest comeback in fantasy football history is still on. <laughs> but uh, Dan, how did it go for you this week? Yeah, um, I played home advantage. I got ninety three, so few to only be twenty points off, having not paid a boost. Like you said, good game week for you. Um, I've done. I had two free transfers. I got Adam Armstrong in and Jordan James for Sarah and Gordon, which wasn't terrible, I don't think. Um, had Hadkey for one. Kakai played him. I gave him a chance. 
and he got benched. So that's it. He's never playing again. I should have just not not played him and played Stacey, who got 10, who's first on first sub. Uh, Manning, 9. Leif Davis, 12. James, 15. Somerville, 15. Jewsby Hall, 4. Clark, 1. Piero, it was Piero's week. I got 13. Adam Armstrong, 7. And Broadhead. Uh, so glad he started when I saw the lineup. 15. Uh, so that was a green arrow up to 40 seconds. So that was a 60 place green arrow. So, yeah, that was encouraging. Although I've now used all my boosts. So I'm a, a bit of a sitting duck until <laughs> um, the next set of boosts start. But uh, yeah, ranks seem really close this year. Yeah, there's there's some real swings still to be had, I think. And uh, obviously, it's still relatively early, long time to go. But uh, I do think as, as well, even at the moment, you know, certain players hauling can, can result in big swings as well. So I think uh, it's, it's quite fun in that respect, particularly for someone like me that's quite low down where it can change quite quickly. Um, in terms of the pod team, uh, you had the funny element in Thursday Night Wars of all four teams played home advantage this week. But our home advantage was the best. Yes, um, we got 93 points on home advantage. So we bought Kyle Walker-Peters and Wilfred and Diddy. Uh, we had Hazard 6, Ailing 1, Walker-Peters 9, Davis 12, Somerville 15, Dewsbury Hall 4, and Diddy tw- 10. He came off the bench and assisted. Uh, <laughs> Clark 1, Piero 13, Armstrong 7, and Broadhead 15. So uh, obviously that went quite well for us. Um and yeah, that got us the win this week. Um, so uh, the boost. Hmm. It's time to boost. We've mean, used yeah. two boosts in the pod team, so we have another one to go as well. Um, looking around, um, the community team has two boosts still to use. Man on have one, and guys on Gaffer have used all theirs. Um, so I imagine they'll sort of be, just be hoping for. Um, to, to sort of navigate it um, the remaining weeks and hope that the boosts fail. <laughs> but yeah, so good week for us and uh, a, a win again, which uh, we hadn't won for a little while. So so that that was quite nice to see. Um, but we'll move on sort of into the, you know, the action from the game week. Um, so Dan, if you want to start us off with the key lineup news. Yeah, so as you can imagine, as it was the, Third game of a three-game, yeah, three-week, three-game game week. There was some key news. Uh, Stansfield for Birmingham played up front. They had played some games on the wing. Um, for West Brom, Dean Garner was in for Thomas Asante. Um, they kept with Wallace through the middle as a striker. For Borough, Greenwood was left wing and Smith was right back. Um, McGree wasn't in. Was he on the bench? I think he was. I don't think so. So that's why he missed out. Uh, for Watford, loser Ince and Rakovic were bench. Martins returned. Uh, Coventry, Godden was benched. So that worked quite out well, considering I got rid of him. 
Uh, Wright and Sims started up front. Norwich, Giannoulis was benched. Uh, Ipswich, Broadhead started, which a lot of managers were happy about. Preston, Frockier, Yankson started, as did Will Keane. Uh, for Leeds, Aylin was benched again. Uh, for Leicester, they continued to rotate. Faz, Mavadidi and Didi, Justin and Vardy were all benched. Iniacho started. For Hull, Connolly was benched. Uh, for Plymouth, Aziz was benched. Uh, for Swansea, Tymon played left back. Uh, QPR, Kai Kai was benched. Uh, Blackburn, Rankin Costello seems to be playing centre mid the last couple of games. And Southampton, Adams was in for Alcaraz. Um, and they couldn't win the match. So, yeah, that's mm. the main team news this game week. Yeah, I think there, there was a lot of chaos around for some people. Um, a lot of people also glad that they sold certain players after some of this news as well. Yeah. Um, so it was a mixed bag for people. Um, but yeah, we'll get into some of the sort of our points that are key sort of points from this week. Um, and one of them that, that I wanted to talk about, I've sort of been talking or mentioning it for the last couple of pods, but um, I just wanted to get into talking about Vara. Um, so obviously, I sat and watched uh, Sunderland Borough um, on Saturday lunchtime, um, with the obvious caveat that uh, the sending off just before half time obviously changed the context of the game. I did think Borough were edging the game before that, um, but obviously they've been they've been on this nice little run now, um, and I think it's it's worth sort of noting that this is this is sort of the results catching up to the the underlying numbers. Um, after this weekend, they did boost things slightly, but I think before the weekend, there was something like fourth or fifth in XG and about 12th in XG conceded and, you know, all sorts of numbers for shots and shots on target and uh, big chances. They were sort of relatively high and everything. So this this has been sort of, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it, an accident waiting to happen in terms of Borough going on a run. Um, but I do think there are players that are key to this, um, and I just think it's you know it is something that's going to come onto the onto the radar for people with Borough if they if they do keep playing well. Um, so there, there's some interesting things to note from this. Um, I think the two the two main men that that stood out from this game um, were Isaiah Jones and Sam Greenwood. Who were the two players sort of playing on the in the from the wide positions? Um, Isaiah Jones, it, it's for a few games now, uh, looks like he's back to his best. Um, we talked, I think, in the summer about um, the podcast appearance he did, where he talked about his mental health and the issues he's had last season, and um, how some, including Michael Carrick, had really helped him with that. And I think we are seeing. You know him getting back to his best, which is really pleasing to see for someone who's had those sorts of uh, difficulties off the pitch. Too, he looks like he's really enjoying himself. He's, you know, all the sort of flicks and tricks and turns and taking on players. Um, you know, is is back. Um, I felt sorry for um, Jensen Silt, who came on at left back. Um, 
in in the first half actually Huggins got injured and particularly in the second half I, I just felt sorry for him Jones was just eating him alive um and you know it's it's difficult for a player like that I think he's a center back by trade as well and Isaiah Jones is one on sort of on it is one of the worst sort of propositions to be sort of out there up against. Um, and Sam Greenwood on the other side did look sharp. He, he's he started the last couple, I think, and um, he he did look good again. Um, very nicely taken goal. Um, sort of couple of shots. Um, uh, so I think he's he's one that will interest some people. Um, people are obviously familiar with him. They did go with him at times in, in FPL for Leeds um, last season. I think he's he's another one who can take set pieces. Um, and so I think he will be of interest for people. Obviously, I've mentioned Isaiah Jones. Do have to mention Matt Crooks. Chipped in with a goal. Not the strongest Alan Shearer celebration. I appreciate him doing the Alan Shearer celebration, but it wasn't the strongest. Um, but it's a good finish from him. Um, Coburn started up top again. So if that's going to be a thing, that's potentially very interesting um, from a gaffer point of view. Because in a team that is as good in attack as they are, if we've got a starting striker at 5.9, um, just to throw into the mix with the Plymouth and Ipswich guys, it suddenly becomes very, you know, just another interesting option, I think. Defensively, it's also improving a little bit in terms of you know, conceding goals or, or not, as the case may be. Um, there's been a little bit of rotation around, so wouldn't necessarily go with them. But for those people still on Dieng, I think that is something that is improving. And he actually made a really good save from Patrick Roberts in the first half of this game with his foot um, at nil-nil, um, which was vital for them. So I do think, you know, it seems like it's all sort of coming together in the results as well for Borough. And so I do think there's a number of options there. It'll be interesting to see also whether they stick with the Barlasser and Hackney midfield. I think it, we've sort of talked before, um, particularly with Lewis O'Brien being injured, that this is the sort of best midfield for them. And um, it, it looks to really be working for them. So whether they stick with it or whether Johnny Housen does come back into the team at times um, remains to be seen. Um, but yeah, I I was impressed with them. I do think, um, obviously, like I say, the the red card just before half time dramatically changes things. Um, I'm not going to get too much into debating the the second yellow card because we've had sort of Tony Mowbray uh, a reporter saying what Tony Mowbray said, which is probably what Dan Neal said, which is. Feels harsh for a, for a second yellow, uh, particularly in that sort of situation. But given that Dan Neal seemed to be saying more to the referee than the quote Tony Mowbray get, gave, I'm not 100%, but it does feel like it was probably harsh. He could have had a word with Dan Neal and uh, sort of, you know, calmed it down. But there was strange refereeing on both sides. Isaiah Jones got booked in the first half for a an excellent tackle tracking back. He had two or three actually really important defensive tackles to stop counters. But it was one of these where the way he got his foot on the ball, it could only have been him. And yet the referee called it a foul and booked him. Um, so it was a little bit strange from the official, but I don't want to get too far into that. But I I was impressed that Borough actually 
tried to put Sunderland away after that, after one or even after two, it would have been really easy for them to sit on that. But they they did keep going, and so from that element, I was I was quite impressed with that and did appreciate that. Even though I know Sunderland fans obviously won't, but you often see teams just sort of sit on that, and occasionally it comes back to bite them. You know, they go two nil up, they sit on it, they concede a goal, and all of a sudden a bit of panic but the fact that they kept going and put them away and got the job done um was another positive sign for me around borough um so yeah so i just think they they will start coming on the radar for people um obviously with with this sort of you know really good run of results they've put together um and so i just thought i'd, I'd just talk a little bit about them particularly because I'd, I'd finally had the opportunity to to sit and watch a full game of them um don't know if you have any particular thoughts on Borough at this point, Dan. Yeah, I, I mentioned in the group chat, um, I think last week that I was intrigued to, to see Borough uh, for a full match. I've, I've not been able to get round because obviously Lewin were playing at the same time. So, um, yeah, I've, like the, those players, we, we know from last year, some of them, the main ones like Jones and agree how well they can do uh i mentioned coburn last week about um one of these cheap strikers that could do well and yeah i think they're on the radar the next few fixtures um just looking at them birmingham at home norwich away stoke at home plymouth away so you wouldn't say any of those teams are great defensively so could, could be um a chance to get on them now maybe but it's so hard isn't it because there's so many good midfielders this year if you a lot of people have Dewsbury Hall, Clark, Sarah and and at least one Leeds mid like do you take the risk of uh going off of one and I've my fifth midfielder is James and I just can't, can't get up to anyone so I'm gonna have to make a decision if I if I want to borrow player but yeah they're definitely um starting to put away some of their chances um notably they've dropped sammy silvera and uh, morgan rogers and that seems to have helped um but yeah um definitely on the radar especially if you're lower down the rankings and need to make up rank I, sorry, Angus, I know you yeah, are. No, but no. I, I'm comfortable with being players. an example of this. <laughs> They're definitely like players that could haul and move up pretty quickly with low ownership. Shall I move on to my yes, topic? Yes, sorry, if you, if you want to sort of <laughs> go on to your, your sort of first point from this. Yeah, sure, no worries. So I am... Um, I've only picked one key topic this this week, and for me, it's similar to Borough, a team that have won four in a row, and that's Swansea. Um, like Borough, they they were struggling at the bottom of the table, and they've both gone a, on a pretty decent run. So in the last four games, uh, Swansea have won four of them, scored eleven, and conceded two goals. And in three of the four games, they've scored over uh, an XG of over two. So they're not like a fluky wins. 
they they deserve to have scored pretty much this amount of goals that they have been. Um, I looked into some of the players that have been getting goals and assists, and it, it's pretty spread, but um, Lowe has scored three goals and an assist. Yates has scored two um, and won a penalty. Uh, you've also got um, three assists from Jamie Patterson, um, three assists for Matt Grimes because he's on set pieces. And I'll, I'll just went mention one more. Uh, Key, a lot of people had Key at the start. He's now starting to contribute. Um, he's got a goal and an assist in the last few, few game weeks. A decent price at five million. Um, it's interesting, they've pretty much settled down to a back four now. Um, although some of the sites seem to think it's a back three, I'm pretty sure it's not when you look at the, the heat maps because there's no weird way Jamal Lowe is playing left, <laughs> left wing back. Um, but they're pre pretty much lining up um, with... Uh, Rushworth in goal, key right back, Darling and Humphreys centre back with time and that left back. Although they at times I think they've been playing Humphreys at left left back, and I think uh, Woods and Cabango have been injured recently. Uh, Grimes and Patino are sitting, and then they have a front four of Cullum, Patterson, Lowe and Yates. So that's that's quite an attacking front four. All pretty different with pace and power and creativity. So it looks a lot better and they seem to be getting used to what Duff wants them to do. Obviously, they've had to change from Martin's style of play, which is completely different to practically anyone else around. Um, so I just think... Swansea are a team to maybe keep keep a lookout. I know that their next game is Leicester, so it's it's probably not the best time to jump in. But they they do follow it up with Watford, Blackburn, Sunderland, um, and Ipswich. And Blackburn, Sunderland, and Ipswich, they just attack, so there'll there'll be goals, especially for the attacking players in there. Have uh, Swansea? been on your radar recently, Angus? Because they've, like I mentioned, good run of results. Yeah, I mean, I was a bit annoyed. Um, I sold Key on my overhaul and that was when he was supposedly injured and then it turned out he wasn't injured. Yeah. Um, they've obviously sort of struggled a lot with injuries um, to players. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've spoken about Patino before who have got an eye on anyway. Um, but I do think that they they are one... Um, obviously, I've I've sort of kept, had an eye on because uh, they do have a number of players that I, I like. I've spoken about Jerry Yates before, and um, I think Jamal Lowe is a good player as well. Um, but I think the fact that the fact that particularly the first game week back, I don't want to go on to them, gives me another yeah. week to think about it. Um, but yeah, I think a few of them, particularly the likes of Key, um, like I say, um, Patino, Lowe. Yates, there'll all be considerations, particularly, you know, 
as I said, I'm not going to go wild with it, but it is a potential to, it's another potential spot to, to differentiate from people and um, potentially yeah. gain there as well. Even Matt Grimes, like he's gone three assists, he's going to be on set pieces. So we, we know how well the key passes are with the bonus. He could end up doing pretty well. Yeah. And, he, and he's a decent price set, I think about six million this year. So it's not terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they they are one that's that sort of deceptively have quite a few options, and so um, yeah. particularly after the Leicester game, as they started to get to some of these games, they're not the easiest, but there are players that can be on your radar in those as well. Yeah, I think maybe it's more. I'm not sure I'd want key for those games, mm. but like for a, a low or a. Yates, I think they could do pretty well. Maybe one of those Patino and and Grimes are pretty cheap as well. Even Patterson, like two years ago, Patterson was one of the top scorers in midfield. So if the, he gets back to that sort of form, what, 6.4 could be a decent option yeah. as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah I think with, with, those, with those two teams, Borough and Swansea, I think Maybe a few people are thinking it's getting a bit template and it's, like I mentioned, it, it is hard to go away from Leeds, Leicester and and Sunderland. But I think if you want to take a gamble, maybe Borough and Swansea over the next, I don't know, four to six weeks could, could be interesting, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um and so the the final point that I just wanted to cover before we get into the questions, just to cover it off now, is quite a few people have a boost left and there's been lots of stuff about, you know, what boost to play and when and that sort of thing. So just wanted to do a little bit. I'm just going to sort of talk about the next sort of four weeks very briefly because um, those are the only weeks that you can play it in and some potential players for for the for uh, the boosts in those weeks. Um, I'm not going to talk about overhaul. Um, I'm not going to talk about goal fest, and I'm not going to talk about home advantage because I think most of the people that have played home advantage or are going that, that are going to play home advantage have already played it. So it'd be primarily focused for me on triple triple midfield dynamos and park the bus. Um, I think people can identify with goal fest. It depends on your team, but like good weeks for your attacking players or not. Um, yeah. It's probably going to feed into some of this, some of these similar weeks, but for, for the purposes of this, I'm just going to focus on um, on on those three boosts. So I think in, in game week 12, um, you've got, uh, I know it's away and it's different, sort of slightly different fixture, but Ipswich are playing Rotherham. Uh, you've got Leicester playing Swansea. Um, who, you know, have improved, but, you know, Leicester in, in any week, that's not necessarily the worst game either. Uh, West Brom are at home against Plymouth. And uh, those those are going to be the main ones, I think, if you're, if you're looking to play a boost, maybe something like Borough against um, Birmingham at home um, could, could be another one. But um, I think that you could potentially do... A triple triple if you've still got that um it's not necessarily the best week for it um is the one thing i would say there um particularly coming off the break you you don't know but like dewsbury hall any week um is viable for a triple triple 
John Swift went off injured against uh, Birmingham in the Friday night game. But if he is fit, we know in terms of Plymouth's away record, if if he's fit for that game, that's obviously a nice fixture for a for a triple triple there. Um, and then you know, like you could have a Broadhead or a Chaplin or even a Davis, um, and it's in game week twelve. So I think you know the triple triple there is is something that you can go with. Uh, there's there's some of these teams with tougher games that will probably put you off a park the bus or a midfield dynamos. Uh, Leeds are away at well Norwich versus Leeds. Um, in terms Isn't, of that could be end to end though, Angus. I, it could like a midfield dynamo. It um, it, it's sort of two ends of the same thing in terms of it. You know, it could negatively affect the midfielders, or it could be good for all of them. Um, so I guess it's yeah. just how you feel about that. But yeah, that's that's you know totally fair that it could actually end up being a a decent game for for those on uh on on looking at something like midfield dynamos. Um Southampton are away at Hull. Um it's not necessarily the easiest game, not necessarily the worst game. Um it's it's sort of one of those where it just depends how you look at it almost, but it's it's something that would probably sort of sway me away from, from something like that. Um Sunderland are away at Stoke. Now we don't know exactly how Stoke's sort of defence in particular will look like will look after the break, but it could be a nice game for someone like Jack Clark. Um so there there's that element, both from a potential triple triple point of view and from a midfield dynamo's point of view. And if you have someone like Trey Hume, not necessarily the worst game, although I do think Stoke have a have a decent record against like well, non Leicester teams of getting something sort of going forward from, from games. Um game week thirteen. Um there's there's a few sort of well interesting games that potentially influence whether you would play boosts this week and what uh you would play. So you have Leicester against Sunderland. Um now most people are probably on Jack Clark. That probably limits your desire to play midfield dynamos. Sunderland are also a decent defensive side. Don't let the 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 drubbing against Borough where they lost their only sort of defensive mid um sort of sway you on that. I think it's it's not necessarily the best game for the Leicester guys either. Um Norwich are at home against Middlesbrough. Uh, we've just talked about Middlesbrough. I don't think that's necessarily the easiest game, particularly if you're on someone like a Stacey again, talking about Park the Bus. Don't think that's necessarily great either. Uh, Ipswich are away against Bristol City. Don't think that's the worst for them um, if you were looking at um, a boost involving them. Uh, Southampton are away to Preston. Um, not massively convinced by Preston, uh, even though they, they they did all right this weekend. So I think it's something where um you know they they well they got a couple of goals against Ipswich anyway, but um where you could maybe sort of you wouldn't necessarily put off playing a boost against them. Um West Brom again have QPR at home. So depend again depending on the fitness of John Swift, but you know, park the bus with something like, you know, a, a Leaf Davis, um, you know, a Darnell Furlong, you know, if, the, if those are the sorts of players you're working with. Um, 
some people are on like Cody Drame. Um, I don't think Hull at home is the worst thing because I think particularly with Birmingham, I'm not sure. I think I'd sort of, you know, somewhat fancy them in any home game. So um, I don't think that's terrible for them. Um, it's just how you would sort of navigate around that. But um, it sort of shows that there's, there's just enough games there, I think, that make it a less good week. Game week 14, I think, is the week that most people who haven't played a boost will be looking to play a boost. And there's there's a number of reasons for this. And there's it's, it feeds into triple-triple, park the bus, and midfield dynamos. So you've got Ipswich play Plymouth at home. We've talked about, again, Plymouth's away record. That means, at least in theory, it's a good week for Davis, Broadhead, Chaplin, Burns... Uh, that's that's a decent fixture. Whether you want, to, whether you're playing triple triple midfield dynamos or park the bus, there's there's coverage there from Ipswich. Leeds play Huddersfield at home. I think that's a decent game for them. Um, Huddersfield, you know, their their performances have been fine under Darren Moore, but Leeds at home against Huddersfield, you'd fancy them to do well in that. Again, not necessarily defensively, because unless you're on Pascal Strout, for example. Uh, you're probably looking at Leeds at the moment. I mean, Luke Ayling can't even start like when when theoretically all his competition is out. Um, but uh, midfield and attack, you know, whether you've got Somerville, James, Piero, Rutter, that's a decent fixture for them, I'd say. Um, so again, midfield dynamos, triple-triple. Uh, Leeds may well look to play a part of that. Leicester play QPR away. Another one. Whether you've got, I mean, Fast got left out this weekend, which I think threw some people. Uh, <laughs> but you would assume he comes back in. Um, but that's another sort of, I guess, wait and see. But particularly if you're on someone like Ricardo Pereira, that feeds into a park the bus. And then midfield dynamos or triple triple. Um, you've got Dewsbury Hall, you've got Mavadidi. Um, I don't think it's the worst thing if you've got, or if you're looking for a cheap midfielder, Wilfred and Diddy. He even came off the bench and got an assist. Um, yeah. And I think some people by that point may well, whether it's having a clearer idea or punting on one of the strikers. I mean, they both got a goal this weekend. And when it comes down to QPR, are you willing to accept that you might get the one that gets, you know, sort of 70 minutes, or you might get the one that gets like 25, 20, 25 minutes? Either way, you might get a return. Um, it might be clear at that point, but it just sort of shows midfield dynamos, triple, triple. They're another team uh, that feeds into that. If anyone's on Borough by that point, they're at home against Stoke. Don't think that that would be the worst one, particularly uh, for something like a midfield dynamos. If you did go on to Jones or Greenwood in particular, even someone like Matt Crooks, um, depending on how it's looking at that point could be useful uh, in that sort of fixture. Southampton play Birmingham at home. That probably leads, leans more to uh, a Park the Bus, a Kyle Walker-Peters or a Ryan Manning. But you could sort of include on a, uh, well, more so a triple-triple, I guess, if you had someone like Adam Armstrong. Um, I think that's that's the majority of it that week. Um you know, you could maybe throw in um, a couple of other guys, but 
Um, I think that's the the main sort of thing. Game week fourteen, maybe you know you like if, if you have if you're playing looking to play midfield dynamos. If you've got someone like Sammy Smodix, um, I don't think a home game for them in particular is the worst. Even like Swansea, I know have improved, but I think Blackburn home games um, still decent for someone like Sammy Smodix. Um, so I think there's there's lots of options that week. Um, which are particularly for the bigger teams, which I think will um, will will lead people towards playing a boost that week. Um, and I think, as I've said, you can see sort of on balance, depending on how they're playing at that point, where you can find something on Park the Bus, Midfield Dynamos, or Triple Triple. Um, and then the last one is Game Week 15. Obviously, this is sort of tight to the the change around but it might be that people just sort of you know get to that point and have a boost left or you know sort of fancy sort of leaving it to game week 15 for whatever reason um in that case there's it's there's there's sort of one obvious game that creates an issue there which is Leicester Leeds yeah that's sort of the obvious thing that jumps out as a potential issue that week. Now, maybe you can gain against it if, depending on the players you have, particularly if you wanted to play, say, Park the Bus. That's one where maybe that leads you to feel slightly better about benching an attacker, for example, or losing a captaincy there, because, like an attacking captaincy there, because you don't necessarily like that having the players from that game. So maybe that's where it fits in with something like that. Um, Norwich play Blackburn at home I think that's a decent game for them uh, Sunderland play Swansea away Southampton play Millwall away West Brom play Hull at home um, Plymouth play Middlesbrough at home so even though they're, they've got a good home record that could be tough for them um, Ipswich play Birmingham away you know, we haven't really mentioned Coventry in all of this. Um, they do, for example, play um, in game 13, Rotherham away. So um, I mentioned briefly about Park the Bus being a possibility that week. If you have someone like De Silva, um, it could, that could feed into that. Um, but yeah, so it's it's tough um, for, for game week 15. There's nothing much that jumps out in terms of sort of boost-wise. Uh, maybe, like I say, maybe something like Park the Bus, but uh, maybe if you had like a Bristol City defender against Sheffield Wednesday, you know, if you had sort of, well, Leif Davis any week, um, a a Southampton defender, um, you know, that sort of thing, maybe like a Darnell Furlong and someone else, you could you could play a Park the Bus that week. But yeah, there's there's a couple of clear issues there as to why game week 15 doesn't necessarily appeal for a boost but just wanted to sort of cover that off um just to sort of you know highlight some of the the things you might the games you might be looking at um in each week and thus the the boosts it might lead towards um i don't know if there's anything in particular you want to add on that dan i not really i think you covered that pretty well uh, just this... make sure you play all your boosts yes so two two points of housekeeping following that one, make sure you play all the, your boosts, absolutely. Two, this will be what I refer people back to now when they ask about, um, like, particularly those questions about, oh, uh, when should I play, you know, triple, triple, and on who, or whatever. 
I will now be referring you back to this podcast because we have covered it. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so that's sort of that. Um, so the one thing left for us is to do the questions. We've had 12 questions in. Uh, so thank you to everyone who has sent us a question. Um, and I will uh, sort of ask them in no particular order and we'll both sort of just uh, give our thoughts on them. So the first one is from FPL Frog. And he says, after his superb headed finish at the weekend, could Ben Gibson be the solution to Norwich's striker crisis in the absence of Barnes and Sargent? Now, Dan, I don't know if you've seen Ben Gibson's header. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a it, it was the planting a header like that into your own goal is very Grant Hanley-esque. So it's like he's he's never been away when you get Ben Gibson doing that. Second coming. Yeah. So uh, just just you wait for uh, some point in the new year when it's Grant Hanley and Ben Gibson together. Double jeopardy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Kyle Sturt-Gaffer has asked, should Jamie follow me for tips? Uh, 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 you can debate in any given week whether Jamie should be listening to anyone or no one. <laughs> he doesn't really listen to anyone, to be honest. Does no, he, to be... Uh, there are times where, you know, there are times where he won't listen to anyone and he'll just do his own thing. And there are times where if you mention an idea at the right time, he'll decide to do it, even if you don't really mean it. Um, which, you know, is, is always good fun. Um, but he also asks, uh, in a serious question, are we doing a gaffer in real life charity match like the annual FPL North v South one at some point this season? Don't mind organising it if enough people are interested in playing or watching. I have no idea. I know that a lot of organisation and coordination and practice and selection and Twitter politicking and whatever goes into it and... Uh, I uh, I haven't really thought about it to be honest, um, but uh, I know Jamie's involved in the sort of North South game, so uh, whether whether he'd want to be involved in another is another matter entirely. But uh, yeah, it depends if there. I guess you know if there's if there's enough sort of support for it. Um, to dust the old boots off. Yeah, I was about to say uh, the, the the last time I sort of actually played football, it's it's been a while. Um, I'd need a decent run up to it to, to sort of, you know, uh, get, really need sort to get my with it. Start stretching now. Uh, <laughs> um, FPL Shaka Zulu has asked, are Swansea and Mid- Middlesbrough the real deal now? If so, who are the three best assets to pick from them? Uh, we're going to leave this question because given the content of the podcast, I think this question has been answered. Um, FPL Calypso said, Highland, 63 on ho- points on home advantage. Nightmare. What's the way forward when you're struggling to make gains? Go against the template? So, I think we've talked a little bit about this. You know, we've we've disputed the idea that there's a, there's a real sort of template, but I think everyone has sort of you know, probably six or seven of, if not the same players, similar players. 
Like I think you know, there's a, there's a, you know somewhat of a disagreement among some people about whether they have sort of the Norwich guys at this point, but particularly a Leeds midfielder, Dewsbury Hall, Clark, a Leeds forward, Davis. You know that broadhead. yeah, broadhead for a lot of people. Um, so I think there's there's that sort of you know makings of it, and some people have gone more against it. Some people have gone completely with it. It's probably, you know, I guess we've sort of hinted at it. I guess you'd say it's sort of taking punts against that, but being sensible with those punts as well. Um, yeah. Like you yeah. don't need to change a whole team. I'd say probably get six or seven of the key players and try and jump, maybe jump on and off, maybe like a striker in midfield spot, like be aggressive with them. So try and like get a solid team that you're happy with and then maybe punt but mainly just striker midfielders I think you can make a lot of up on points especially if you you're willing to punt them because you, you do have like the vice where you can sort of fall back on if say if you feel like a Piero's going to smash it or you're worried he will you could sort of put the vice on him and then gamble on the captain where yeah, you don't I lose mean, too many points, really. Yeah, I mean, you look at something like this week, for example, I mean, I know part of it was home advantage where I'm now on Smodix, which, you know, it, he's yeah. not the most owned player and everything like in terms of versus other people. I've sort of then gained against everyone else by having, or the majority of people, by having Sammy Smodix. If you find those sorts of Sort of opportunities to go against you you can gain you know I've had Cody Drame for example um, yeah. in the last sort of three weeks I think he's had a nine and a ten you know it's that sort of thing it's recognizing these points to just be able to go to players and you know they don't necessarily I think it's also recognizing you don't necessarily have to buy a player for a long run if you look at a three-game stretch, like I mean, you know, it's like you would know the games. If you look at three-game stretch, it's like actually I want to play it for this three-game stretch, and then I will sell him. Do that too. Be be sort of yeah. proactive. I think is the is the key there um, with all of these the, things. Thing where people are struggling is obviously you've got try and fit in the boost, so people are yeah. sort of changing to get players in which is probably making it become a bit more template because everyone's wanting the same sort of players for the boost whereas hopefully when we start going into the maybe into the next set of boosts because you've got a whole another 15 or 16 I think it's 15, 15 game weeks you sort of have a bit more um time to to plan where some people will play the boost straight away some people will will wait a while so yeah hopefully something like that happens or or just like an an injury yeah i know we don't want to see an injury but an in, say if Jewsby hall got injured would you go to a, a leicester player you're going to pump that somewhere else out that'll be interesting That's or an interesting question yeah actually um Given that I keep mentioning him, maybe the answer then would be Wilfred and Diddy. Uh, <laughs> the answer ever been Wilfred and Diddy? Uh, well, apparently this season it should have been. 
Um, who knew uh, <laughs> he was he was just being misused before he had to be recast as an attacking midfielder, and all of a sudden, can you imagine when <laughs> if they go back up and you've got, got all the FPL? They won't they won't they won't believe it that Wilfred Ndidi's a box to box midfielder yeah. now. Wilfred Ndidi attacking threat. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think he's quite on the first page yet, but uh, he has sort of, uh, for example, he has one point fewer than Dan James this season, Wilfred Ndidi, so yeah. there you go. There you go, main man. Yeah. Uh, Petteri Ananen has asked us, if you would overhaul now without budget restrictions... What, which 11, assuming 3 4 3, would you choose for the starting lineup? So, if you were over, so for the starting point, if you were overhauling now, which goalkeeper would you go with? That is in as your starting goalkeeper. I'm not sure. Have we thought about it? Do you know, I haven't looked at the goalies. I think I'd probably <laughs> go Cladkey for the moment until he loses his place. You can either go with like sort of one of the four point fives to back him up, whether it's someone like an O'Leary or a Rushworth or whatever, or the four point five ish, because I know O'Leary's like four point six. Maybe one of those guys to back him up, but I think for the moment you'd go with him or Hazard, just as like you know until they lose their spot. Yeah. Um, which, whichever one, maybe I'd go Hazard uh, because I'm more likely to want three outfield players from Ipswich. So. Because yeah, having Kladke has cost me that a couple of times, and it's like sort of just uh, not not sort of boxing myself in by having Kladke. Uh, so if you were going to pick three defenders right now, uh, particularly if there were no budget restrictions, who would you be picking? Well, I think Davis has to be. Yeah. I do like Cody Drame. I, I've been wanting either Laird or Drame the whole time, and I've just n- never got around. So I'm I'm a bit dis, especially as I know what Drame can do. In Gaffer, we saw it last year, and especially with Lewin. Um, I'm not sh- sure about the third. I'm, you know, I might go Pereira for Leicester. He looks like he's going to play, doesn't he, Angus? Yeah, yeah, he's he's the one that's secure. Yeah. Um, and the other one for me, just particularly looking at the moment, is is Darnell Furlong because they have. Plymouth home and QPR nice home in the next two. Yeah. <laughs> Although he get, he's a bit rash and he he loves the book in Furlong, yeah. doesn't he? And Mr. Sitter. Um <laughs> Well, yeah. Um but yeah, it's 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 that sort of thing at the moment where uh, it's it's picking these these sorts of players out. But but yeah, uh midfield four, who would you be going looking to go with right now? It's hard. I think you it's hard to go away from Jewsbury Hall, Clark, and I, I think Somerville's really good. Even Rowe at four point nine—that's re- you've sort of got. A, I don't have him, but it it just seems silly not to have him. And then I think you would could just punt the other one, Angus, where yeah. you'd go from like probably six million to maybe eight million and just take a punt fixture-wise, which with what you were saying a, a few minutes ago. Yeah, so I think whether that's, you know, someone like a Dembele or Miyoshi at Birmingham, whether that's Smodix at Blackburn, 
you know, whether that's one of the sort of Middlesbrough guys, whether that's sort of Jaden Philogene, uh, Hull, you know, all these sorts of players, and you just sort of you could move that around. I think if I if I were overhauling at the moment, um, a part of me would be tempted to punt against Jack Clark just because he's got a couple of those tougher games coming up, but I would still go with him because. You know he's he's you know even even I think it was in the first half against Middlesbrough, he was really quiet for about twenty minutes or so, and then he sort of burst into life, and it's just that sort of he can make anything happen at at any minute. It's on pens as well. Yeah. And so it, when they've got so many, they've got so many tricky players that they yeah they don't need much to get a penalty, do they? What Clark, Roberts, Bellingham, a lot of tr- Pritchard, mm. a lot of tricky players so I'd yeah. probably be looking at sort of Clark, Dewsbury Hall, Somerville and just because he's returned big for me and I, I love him at the moment I'm gonna say Sammy Smodix. Um but as you say I think that that sort of spot is where you could sort of take a punt depending on how you feel about certain players at, at any given moment. Like if you felt particularly good about Wes Burns at the moment for example that's a perfectly good yeah. pick as well. In um, terms of front three on overhaul, yeah, I think probably one of the um, the leads that I'm on Piero. I just keep going back to he's got twenty goals the last two years, and I know Rutt has done very well recently. I know you're saving a million, and like I don't hate anyone saving that million. Wow, it's proven, isn't he, Piero? That being said, if Rutter doesn't miss from about a yard on Saturday, we're we're probably having a different conversation at this point. I don't know. I I like Piero. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. probably an an Ipswich forward. It's going to be boring. I, I, I'm still not convinced with Adam Armstrong. No, I'm not. I think I. I would have one of the leads, one of the Ipswich, um, and then I would punt similar to, you know, that fourth midfielder maybe on, on fixtures. Yeah, I think if I were overhauling now and sort of really, it, dep- it depends on your position as well in terms of how much you're going for it. Because like I'd go, I mean, I'd go Rutter personally. I know you'd go Piero. I'd go Broadhead yeah. of the two. Ipswich, but it it's really close. It's really close between Broadhead yeah, and Chaplin. Yeah. He seems to have niggles, though, don't he, Broadhead? Yeah. Even at Wigan and Sunderland, he's had niggles. But it's starting to put me off him. Yeah, but it's it's really I, close between these, those it two is if close, they were yeah. overhauling. Um, I'd... I, I'm going to... If I were overhauling, I would punk Kalecci and Acho. How can you though, Angus? Because far in the last three game week, Fardy played twice. Yeah, I'm just I'm just going with the the Leicester forward that basically I think is better. But um, I'd, you know, if I looked at it and I was like, actually, I think it's going to be Vardy. I would go Vardy, but I'd I'd put I would I would go for it with a Leicester forward personally. But if if one of them got injured. What would happen? It's because t- t- Tom Cannon's injured, isn't he? Tom Cannon is minute. still injured. 
Um, Dakar is still there, but Moresco um, clearly is doesn't like Dakar. I heard this uh, contract thing that he, have, he gets more money or something. Possibly, but it's also clear. Like, as in, I've seen Moresca talk about yeah. Dakar a couple of times. I don't think he thinks much of him. <laughs> so, if one of them, if one of those two got injured, I think I would very quickly, and I think a lot of people probably would very quickly get into the other one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you if you're wanting a little bit safer, whereas I would be willing to sort of just punt it and go for it. Um, if you want something a little bit safer than that, um, actually, I think right now, if I were overhauling, Broadhead and Chaplin. Hey there. I'd I'd overhaul with both of them. You can potentially then move off one of them depending on how you feel, and maybe Broadhead yeah. picks up a knock, or you know maybe Chaplin gets injured or whatever, and you can shift that, but. I think at the moment that's something I would be looking at or one of the Coventry guys. If you could, you know, it depends who you like. I'm probably not Matt Gordon, but <laughs> if oh, you, I'd annoy man with Matt Gordon. If you particularly like either Ellis Sims, who's obviously turned it around a little bit um, in terms of his performances, or Hadji Wright, then that's the sort of that's the other that's the medium pick where I've got the sort of. You know the, the 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 safe and logical is the is the second dip switch. The medium pick is sort of the Coventry guy, and then the real punt is Leicester forward. <laughs> um, should Danny who who get in uh, oh, Connolly. Connolly, of course. Although he was benched, so you know maybe maybe it's yeah. maybe it's not Aaron Connolly. <laughs> Uh, FPL Clear Mazar says, "Hi guys, long way to the next deadline, but I need to bench need to bench one of Sarah Somerville, Mavadidi, or Broadhead. Any suggestions?" Sarah Somerville, Mavadidi, Broadhead. I'm gonna say Mavadidi. Just because of the like greatest likelihood that he is also benched by Leicester. Yeah. Whereas the other three, fitness permitting, will all play for their teams. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that that's sort of my logic for that at this point in time. Uh, FPL Calypso. No, I had that question. Uh, so clearly it's shifted around slightly. Uh, the FPL will never stop us. Ask, do we stop breaking our teams to play boosts as they never seem to pay off? Keep up the good work, chaps. Um, depends. I think the the because our logic, at least for home advantage eleven, was that you didn't need to do that to your team. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it's one of those things you have to balance, don't you, in terms of whether you want to how much you want to just rip up your team for one week or um, it all depends on the boost right yeah. so like i know we haven't had it recently but if you get like follow the leader or triple triple or away days or, or budget buster some of the points you can get like 200 or especially in a double 200 odd points you sort of have to Whereas 
like a home advantage isn't worth ripping up your team um and some of them aren't yeah yeah i think it it depends on the boost like some people who really had to sort of tear apart their teams or really shift their teams for home advantage this week probably feeling a bit worse some of the people who more had it fall into their laps are probably sort of feeling less bad about it um it just sort of depends you know from that perspective as well um so yeah so and then uh FC is asked, with Norwich looking shaky, is one of the middles for replacements a good replacement for Sara? I mean, maybe uh, if I, you're looking to make uh, gains, but like, yeah. I, uh, I've obviously talked about wanting the middles for mids, but I don't have Sara, so uh, I'm I probably don't have Sara, I just sold him. Yeah, so I'm probably in some ways the wrong person to ask because um, I've looked at a couple of weeks where not having him has sort of gone against me in a couple where it's not been so bad. Um, but yeah, I think um, Middlesbrough mids are certainly, as we said on the before, on the table. Whether that's in place of Sara is a bit is a bit tougher. Um, so it depends. It depends how sort of like almost bold you're feeling, how aggressive you're feeling. Um, Oli uh, Ash FPL said who's the best Leicester defender to replace Ailing? Was going for fast but saw he was benched. I don't know, it's probably Pereira, isn't it? But, well, you you done all the um, the minutes and everything and Faz hadn't missed a minute, did, had he? Until I think he'd missed one game, like he'd been unavailable for one game or whatever. Yeah. But he'd, he'd played every minute of every other game. It's interesting because there's three points between Pereira and Faz, but Pereira's 0.5 more. Yeah, I think I would, if, if the Faz benching hadn't happened this weekend, I would have been saying, oh yeah, Faz, no-brainer. Um, whereas now it feels a little bit more complicated I'd possibly still be inclined to get fast but um, I'd be a little bit uneasy after that benching Um, FPL Villa Villain really enjoy the podcast keep up the good work lads thank you so they've used triple triple and home advantage what is the best last boost to use said thinking midfield dynamos or goal fest so we talked about the the weeks and the boosts used but in terms of other than triple triple and home advantage what do you what do you think is the is the best boost to use i think this year with the midfielders and how well they do on bonus i think i'd be wanting midfield dynamos because you get like clark jewsby hall sarah they basically don't have to do anything and they'll get bonus so yeah. yeah, you don't even need goals. So yeah, definitely midfield dynamos for me. Yeah, I think that's the thing for me. Obviously, I've got a boost left to play. Um, I've not played home advantage, um, but I'm not going to. Uh, I I obviously had to overhaul and uh, play part uh, not part of sorry, I played triple triple. So I'm sort of working out what else. What am I going to play? And I think 
it's overwhelmingly likely for me that it would be midfield dynamos. Yeah, so I guess that's my recommendation because it's what I'm doing myself. So yeah. I clearly think it's the best idea, for at least from my perspective. Uh, now for Fairbrother is asked, who do you prefer for their next run of games? Somerville or Sara? Oh, that's really hard, isn't it? And play each other. I'm going to say Somerville. Um, yeah. Although Sara's nailed, isn't he? Yeah. Somerville um, could get rotated. Yeah. I mean, rotated. I think Somerville is just going to keep playing as much as possible. Um, and obviously he's on a lot of the like, set pieces and everything. But... Um, yeah, it's that's a really tough question. Especially as Leeds to have Leicester in the four, in the fifteen. Yeah. Um, so, oh. and then after that, they play Plymouth and Rotherham. <laughs> oh no! I'm going to stick with Sweet. Somerville. I, I I really like Somerville at the moment. Um, so yeah. And, so I think I'll I'll go with him narrowly. I just want to throw that in there that <laughs> just in case Sarah's the better pick. But I also think it's close. Uh, FPL Commander with our final question saying, A-Link, time to go from my or anyone's team. Yes. That's to be now. <laughs> I can't believe it. He done, He was doing so well in Gaffer. Right? He made people pick him he, even though they hated him. Yes, yeah. I mean, you know, the fact that he made me pick him and then has been left out. Although, to be honest, he's actually done a really nice job for me recently because there's been a, a couple of times where I've got some nice bench points from him not playing. So uh, I, I can't be too harsh on him. <laughs> but yeah, I think, um, you know, it, like Shackleton playing there instead... Like that was one thing we we'd seen him do that even for for Millwall, play on the right side of the defence before. So um, that wasn't totally unheard of. Um, but you know, when even Shackleton's out and he's still on the bench, it's sort of like you know what you know yeah. they're playing Archie Gray at right back instead. What are we doing here? Like, so... <laughs> yeah. yeah, who's a kid? Yeah, um, like that shouldn't be happening to them. No, I mean, maybe uh, Daniel Farker make, di watched him try and control the ball and uh, out for a goal kick multiple times against QPR and decided, no, I can't do this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So, I think he's he's probably a sell um, at this point. Um, whether that sort of frees you up another Leeds attacking spot or whether you sort of go with... Um, to another defender, it would probably be the safety of someone like Strauch or Byram. Actually, I'll pose this as a last question to you, Dan, because it's popped into my head. Um, if someone really wants to go for it, what do you think of the Piero Rutter double up up front? I don't know. I don't hate it, but Bamford's back in the. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah. I just I just thought I'd throw it in there as a question. <laughs> it just came to my head. I don't hate it, but unfortunately, Patrick Bamford is back. For now. 
if Patrick Bamford gets injured again, then maybe it's back on the table. <laughs> but yeah, it was just something that popped into my head as a, when I was thinking about freeing up the extra lead spots. And it was like, could you do that? Um, but yeah, maybe maybe that's the real punt if someone's overhauling and wants to wants to go for something different. Maybe it's going for both of them. Yeah, I don't hate you. Um, but yeah, that's that's all the questions we've got this week. Thank you for to everyone who has sent us a question. Um, please like, subscribe, give us five stars, um, all that good stuff. Um, I don't know whether we will do anything in the international break. Uh, that is to be confirmed. Obviously, you know, the next set of games are two weeks away now. Um, so, you know, maybe enjoy the break from, from well, fantasy football. Um, obviously, there's international football, although I know some people don't bother with international football. Um, we'll certainly have something, I would assume, before the resumption, um, just to cover anything off. But uh, well, I mean, we might not, but <laughs> we might. We'll we'll uh, we'll let you guys know what we're going to be doing content-wise. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>